0: Yo, 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 here we go again, welcome back to High Voltage with Double A, I am your host Double A, and I know it's been a while since, you know, the baseball season, regular season I should specifically say, ended, you know, it was a long time ago, I get that, but if there's a chance for me to talk about fantasy baseball, I'm gonna do it. And you, you probably hear my voice right now. I am pumped up. I'm excited. And even so much to the point where i got like two or three hours of content. i got to trim it as much as possible, Ho- hopefully an hour, because I know, you know, by that point, it's going to be just a whole lot for you. But I know, I you know what, let's just get into it. I'm just so excited. I love this topic. And I just want to recap, and not just for you guys, because I know at the end of the day, you look at yourself, you're like, okay, maybe I, if you won a championship, then you Probably just like, yeah, either you want to do it again, right, you want to win championship again, or you want to, you want to win it because you didn't win this season. You just have to remind yourself of some of the things that happened, some of the players I'm about to say. So this is how I'm going to do it. You got your surprises, right, both positions. You have hitters and pitchers. Uh, you have your disappointments by injury. You have your disappointments by performance. I might have uh, switched the order on the last two, but then to end it off, we have the shamelessly early mock draft. So we got a lot to get into, and I'm going to get right into it. So the first thing is surprises, and what does that, what is my criteria for this person or that person was or was not surprised? It is someone good, obviously, who really overcame in high uh, their high expectation or bursting onto the scene. So that's the thing. I don't want to say a high expectation because you could say that about you know any player, but there's not that many players that that you say oh yeah I have a high expectation for them, you know. And I'm gonna I'm gonna get in, I'm gonna get into that. Uh, like for example, you know the first one on the list is Shohei Ohtani. The fact of the matter is is that for me I didn't have that big. Of, of an expectation for him because he was so injury prone we didn't see him pitch a lot we saw him hit a little bit that was good uh but when he did really pitch he was he was he was decent he was good you know but he pitched really well this season right and 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 i would think that some people had a high expectation because he was capable of having this type of season but even we know that it was not mvp like you know where he hits almost or maybe did hit 50 home runs and then pitched to an ERA around three rather than 350, you know? And the Angels needed that, right? But here's my question with with, with Otani. So, was I just told you, the reason why he's definitely it was a surprise to me because he was relatively healthy the entire season. Uh, he was very consistent with his bat, um, getting all those home runs as he did. He also stole uh, a few bases and definitely... Um, ran the base pass a little bit scoring runs or stolen bases but then also on the mound you know he was was just very dominant especially at home but here but here's the the question I have in Otani was it a fluke season right the thing is with Otani is that he seems like a consensus top four or five pick in fantasy based on this season alone and now you hear you just heard what you what uh can't even talk. I just love this topic. I just love the discussion of times you hear a lot of people say, oh, I hear him all the time. You know, oh, my God, that's one of the best players that have ever lived. You know, so with Otani, I'm like, you know, i got to really try to find my word here. When it comes to Otani, so you guys already have heard, I am a, I was definitely more skeptical, and I am still a little bit more skeptical than the majority out there. But at the same time, I had to realize, yes, this is what he's capable of, and he did do it. The problem is he's only done it once, and baseball is a game of a large sample size. So am I really going to bet Otani's going to do that again? No, because what he did was surely almost impossible, right? Again, 50 home runs and pitching over 100 innings, just and, and with that ERA too. So I would definitely think that no matter what draft you're in, he's going to, probably be in the first round and definitely in the second, if not the first. So with me, I'm not sure I'm willing to invest that much because he's only shown it to me one time, just one time. I'm not disputing the talent. I'm not disputing the potential to do it again. But if he does this again, then I'm more certain about 2023, to which, unfortunately, we're not talking about that. We're talking about 2022. So at the end of the day, I'm just like, was it a flu season? I need him to prove it to me. One of the best players of all time. And unfortunately, I just have a small sample size because he was hurt in the shortened season last year. Uh, he pitched and hit a little bit, but at the, at the same time, it wasn't to this extent. So I'm just wondering, what what player am I getting? Right, You're going to hear this throughout uh, of this episode, this, bo- uh, this uh, mini-sode. As I like to call it, and those who are not familiar with the mini, so it's talking about sports, which is my main topic, but not in the light of current event, current day sports topics. This has to do more off to the side, kind of like gambling, you know, like uh, like we're not talking about someone getting traded, signed, um uh, head coach getting fired, or the game yesterday—just something on the side of sports that's still pretty relevant to sports. But anyway, so that that so my first player here, Showhiro Tan. Just be aware, buyers aware, draftees aware of spending a first or, uh, or second or third overall pick on this guy, because I'm just worried that you that you might get burned rather than someone who you already know, right? If it, assuming the injury, it's all well and good, hundred percent, Acuna. Right. You also have Trout, both of those guys unfortunately missed uh, the rest of the season, uh, all of the second half, uh, with Trout for majority of the season. Uh, Tatisi's always dealt with uh, injury, so that's a little bit more of the same, we're going to talk about it time. But yeah, Soto, definitely no doubt, um, and then also you could definitely make the argument for DeGrom, no question about that, Guerrero, you know, and that's actually, so I might as well bring up the next guy. Who is uh, uh Tescar Hernandez, his teammate, and then of course Guerrero. So when it comes to those two, the reason you might say, why are you surprised about Guerrero? You know, it's the same it's the same thing about Tommy. I had question marks going into twenty twenty one. You know, like did we really expect these two guys to have MVP caliber? I didn't. You know, we thought Mike uh, Alex Bregman, um, you, you know so, uh, Jose Ramirez maybe. That was going to win the MVP, right? We didn't really think about Otani because so we haven't seen it yet until now. And then Guerrero, we knew he was capable of it, but he was dealing with some struggles. And now we know he's playing capable of it. And of course, it helps being the son of uh, of Larry Guerrero, but uh, senior. But definitely, at the at the end of the day, here's what uh, here's what I'm going to say. So with Guerrero, it's not a fluke. No question in my mind. You could even expect more of the same, maybe even better next season motivated that he didn't make the playoffs uh but yeah he had a high expectation or you know he finally burst onto the scene of what he was capable of and now he finally did it and and i'm and i bring up both because I, i'm more on the latter. but i know some people had an expectation like oh he's got to finally break out you know i'm going to assume that he's going to have that kind of season mvp like season and then he he, he did that and more right to the point where he's uh one or two depending on who you talk to like who's your AL MVP. But then let's get into Tiscar Hernandez to which yeah he did it again. He did it again. He had a great 2020 uh mostly because of the home runs, you know. Uh and the guy did struggle a little bit, don't get me wrong, but he definitely definitely just did more of the same mostly down the stretch. Don't get me wrong, but he still overall had great numbers, and you should expect something like that to occur again, even with that crowded outfield with Springer and uh, Guriel, and I'm trying to think, maybe even Bija's point of the outfield is there too. You never know. They like to shift him around. But yeah, I, and, and it's also kind of questionable what uh, if Simeon does leave um, the, the the Blue Jays lineup, what happens from there? Right? Uh, does the uh, does the uh, lineup t- the whole lineup as a whole take a hit? So definitely, when it comes to Guer- Guerrero, no question, he's independent. But maybe someone like Hernandez might depend on seeing uh, hitting ahead of him, De- and also you know you Bruchet and all and all the guys. But still, still, I I, I definitely do believe in Hernandez's ability. Uh, and and the fact that he's and to me you only need to do two two or three seasons and he's done that right check off the box he's good to go and definitely someone you could probably get um, to, I would think around the tenth maybe past the tenth round because he's uh, he's an outfield so a lot of great outfielders right a- tons of great outfielders uh, and I mean the next guy I'm about to bring up is an outfield too so I'm like it just really depends on the, what market they play in you know you hear this guy's name. You hear that that guy's name, uh, whatever the case may be. So it's just it's just like it, it, it's it, it's different for everybody. But I know a Yankee, and I know Aaron Judge's tell But you hear Aaron Judge's may way more than you hear even someone like George Springer's name. You know because the market they play, in. and and, and I, know, I know Toronto's a big market, but New York you know just takes all president right. I mean that in Los Angeles. Um, and I'm not even sure what argument else you can make inside the U.S., but still, you know, just think about all those variables in terms of okay, so this guy's good, but not that many people think may think about him because you know they they may have slept on him before, still, and sleeping on him doesn't play in a big market, uh, crowded. There's a lot of names, especially in Toronto, right? You think about pochette Seaman, Guerrero, Springer. Um, you think about the pitchers before you get to Hernandez's name. So, you know, that could definitely harpen your value, whether or not it's fair, right? So definitely take all that into account. Next one, and he definitely plays in a lineup where he's probably the biggest name. And that's Brian Reynolds of the Pittsburgh Pirates. I mean no question in my mind that this that this guy really did burst onto the scene. Because if I remember correctly, he had a decent 2019 16 home runs, maybe around 70 RBIs but this this past season and and then unfortunately last season just he really struggled sophomore slump and I think for most people it's a thing but yeah this past season was just awesome I mean OPS over 900 uh, almost 25 home runs almost 90 RBIs in a terrible lineup and the guy was just consistent you know and it felt it it, it kind of felt otherwise for me because whenever I watched him play he didn't do so well but of course baseball is a long season a lot of games right so, but we're looking at the totality here. He, he's no doubt in my mind could do this again next season, whether or not Pittsburgh wants to get better or um, or they, they get guys from AAA, AA, you know, high voltage with AA. Okay, I forgot about that. My name and my nickname in the, uh, the A system. Point is, is that, you know, you don't know what the lineup is going to be, but I still think the RBIs may go down. Like, 90 seems like a lot. Cause it seems like they're not really bringing up uh, too many great guys. And no, and no one's really going to sign with Pittsburgh. Unless, you know, they, they just want uh, uh, some redemption, a one-year contract. And then just hit the market again, maybe. But at the same time, I just definitely think the RBI is going to go down. Home runs de- definitely depends on his conditioning. his uh, What he's going to do with the muscles in the offseason. He doesn't seem like a strong, strong guy. Um, but that's just that's just, you know, just comparing him to some other bulky players. Uh, but yeah, again, it, all you really care about when it comes to fantasy, if you, can't, if you can't score them, either you score yourself, and to do that, you have to get on base. And you please do not strike out a lot. I hate guys who strike out a lot. So definitely wa- don't forget about this guy, because I really don't think... Uh, you could definitely ask yourself, oh, was it a fluke? Because he did uh, struggle uh, in 2020, did kind of well, so which guy am I going to get? I think it's less so of a fluke, But just be just be aware if you could get him for cheap because people are thinking it's it's a fluke thing. Please capitalize on it because I really do like this guy's talent. Uh, And then we got the Cardinals here. You know these two guys helped me win a championship, especially the latter, Uh, Tommy Edmond, who I traded for on my team, and then also uh, Tyler O'Neill, who helped a lot of people in the month of September win their playoff game, uh, win their championship. I, I was definitely one of the beneficiaries, and I know I'm not the only one. Those two guys now going into this season, it really depends on when it comes to. Okay, I'm going to start with O'Neill. When it comes to, when uh, when I talk about O'Neill, is he going to do more of the same in September, right? Because now we have that ex expectation of him. So I'm just kind of like I don't think I, I think September was amazing. You know, I'm not sure he's going to keep doing that every single month uh, in 2022. But he really seemed like to found, uh, find his groove. He didn't strike out as much. Right, he really put bail to the bat, uh to the ball. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you, when it comes to fantasy, and you know, like I'm stuttering when it comes to mixing my words up, it's just because of my excitement. And that's why it's called high voltage, right? I'm like, I'm getting really excited. Even talk about this one player who I only had for less than like four weeks, you know, and I'm and I'm basically telling you this guy can be drafted. Uh, in the 13th, and 14th round, but the point the point is, because I know there's still a lot more uh, players to get to, and unfortunately, not that much more time, um, that, as much time as I wish I could have. But when it comes to to O'Neal, I really do feel good that that September can carry over to next season, and also they have a new manager there, so maybe you know that could definitely help him, and it's the bench coach. So I would definitely think that uh, if you want to spend, um, your third uh, roster spot or bench spot on him, that's completely fine by me. Uh, 13, 14 rounds seems reasonable. Maybe someone's a Cardinals and they take him higher, but still, definitely uh, don't forget about Tyler O'Neill because he was awesome temper and most likely helped you or helped someone in your league win that championship. So then you have Tommy Edman here. Now he's kind of a sneaky guy, you know, he was, he's, uh, he's versatile, you know, second base, third base, shortstop, outfield. For the format at least I used. I'm not sure about other formats, but he does he can play around the infield and a little bit in the outfield, no question. Didn't have that much of a of a high batting average. Did seem to get on base a good amount. Um did steal a a great amount of stolen bases. Um so yeah, the main thing about is that he scored, he didn't strike out a lot. So with me, I'm just like, I'm not sure if you're gonna be feel comfortable having that. It's almost like a David Fletcher like guy who plays more positions uh, i really see him as more of like a death kind of guy so maybe you start him you know if an injury comes around or maybe he's a starter from uh your 18th or 19th round. i'm not sure he's a, i think he might go a little bit higher than that but you know i see him more as someone that uh could be on your bench and uh can you can move around a little bit if someone's out of the lineup or uh someone's injured because i'm telling you man he this guy's solid this guy's really... Solid. And, and unfortunately, he's he's a better defensive player than an offensive player, in my opinion. So, that, and of course, that doesn't bode well for fantasy. And I'm not sure if you uh, play with defensive stats like my one week idiotically. And I know you could argue either side. Uh, they went with errors, even though that was the only defensive stat out there. Either you go with all defense or no defense. It's, we just really focus about pitching, base running, and hitting. But with Edmund you have stolen bases. I don't think you have to worry about the errors too, too much. Now, I think he wants the ball to come to him. And if you have errors to leak, he's, he's not going to be perfect. So don't get upset with him if he commits, like, I don't know, like eight or nine errors next season. Especially when, you know, I feel like he got better over the season uh, at his defense, which might mean, you know, he's going to really try to get after every single ball uh, and might try to do too much. But still, nonetheless, on his hitting... Can still uh, can, uh, needs improvement. Maybe that bench coach can do it. So I, I like to keep my hopes high on uh, on Em because he helped me. But really, what I see is that uh, he's just versatile and could help someone's uh, bench when um when you know someone is just not just not uh doing their job, not in the lineup or or injured. So then let me get into the next hitter to which uh is two of my guys. So I don't know why I was blanking there. Um, I love these two guys. And again, I don't like to bring on my fantasy team too, too much because I know like you guys don't really care about that that much. But I know like these two guys, and Emman and Edmund, O'Neal, helped you guys win a championship or helped you get to the playoffs or at least the seeding of your playoffs. And and for these two, and they have no, no relation to each other other than I own them, is Salvador Perez and Mitch Hannaker right? So with these two, it was just all about power. Plain and simple. You're dealing with two teams. Seattle did really, really well. Ty France is also someone that's in my honorable mentions. Do not forget about him, you know, as a second baseman, also first baseman. Power was definitely there. Not that grave of a banner. So he's kind of like a poor man's version of uh, of Mitch Hanker a little bit. And I might as get uh, get his name out of the way now because he is a teammate of um, of Mitch Hanekers and kind of reminds me a little bit, except he plays the infield and he's actually a better defender. Uh, but either either way, you know, say, it's the same story with all three of these guys: Franz Perez and Hanneker. Perez just was just amazing, and I was just surprised he did because he's a catcher, right? The, it, a second baseman or an outfielder does not deal with the stress, the physical toll of being a catcher, and then doing what he did, where he he tied. I forget if it was Otani or Guerrero, but he tied for lead in in home runs, right? And especially when he just went off. You know, he absolutely went off, career high, broke a few records, did not expect this. So for me, he was a high expectation guy, like second or third best catcher. He, be, he automatically became my first. And he is, by far, in my opinion, the best hand catcher in baseball. I'm sorry, JT. No, I'm not. But that that's not the point. The point is is that when it comes to Perez, I love the guy. I know he helped me a lot. He's a set it and forget it guy. If you want a backup catcher, you're crazy. Keep him in your lineup and don't even worry if he has a day off. I mean, sure you could take him out and you know, like you don't like any uh, pitchers you want to stream, Then sure you can take him out if he has a day off on Tuesday or, or or Monday, I should say, not not Tuesday, Monday or Thursday. But other than that, he's a guy where you put him in the line and you forget it. And because he just is so good, I would definitely do. I do not mind spending a top five round or top six round pick on him because again i 'm not I'm not again I, I don't think he's gonna have this kind of season where he's where he's gonna hit at least 45 home runs but I could expect somewhere at least over 30 you know and how often do you hear would have a catcher these days you know JT I don't even think had uh more than than 25 and, and that's just even you know being a little bit uh, a little bit nice to him uh let me just check here he, he only had 17. You know, and and probably a few guys, uh, like maybe a Sanchez, maybe a Contreras had around 20, but still, it's nothing. Sanchez had 23, but no one was even close to Perez, and I think that's going to continue. I'm not sure hitting near 50 home runs is going to continue, but I think the gap between him and other catchers is going to continue at least for another season, so definitely do not mind spending a high draft pick on a position that I think is thin, and it may not be getting thinner because Dalton Varsho, you know, you do have some catchers showing some flashes, Buster Posey may still got it, uh, he was definitely, uh, and, and I, I just mentioned, see, he was definitely a surprise for me too. Honorable mentions. I don't want to get too much into it. Uh, but yeah, he definitely was. Uh, and I'm not sure if he's going to decline just because he is getting older, moved to first base possible. Um, and you know, you're going to have a lot of changes in the off season with us. It, it, does he even want to play baseball again? You know, that kind of thing. Definitely forgot about Buster Posey and definitely someone else you just think about maybe if you don't want to spend that much on Perez maybe you can spend on Buster Posey past the eighth or ninth round depending on if someone else is high on him but then let me get back to Mitch Hannaker talking about his teammate talking about his fantasy baseball teammate now I'll talk about himself Mitch Haneker. he definitely had a season for the ages he definitely tried to keep Seattle Seattle alive uh their playoff hunt unfortunately they couldn't get the job done with him that in that series against uh, against Anaheim but I'll definitely say that uh now he's back you know all the only thing killing him was just injuries he was an all-star before this past season and I'm glad that he was able to do that kind of season again and so when it comes to Hanker, I expect I'm not going to say more of the same because he's he's just a great hitter all around Uh, Like, I saw him get a little bit of more walks. Unfortunately, he got a lot of strikeouts. But, yeah, the home runs should still be there. And he should still be refreshed, still not too old. So, definitely, I don't mind spending, you know, I'm not going to say he's, like, my first outfielder spot, but definitely maybe my second uh, and definitely a great third outfield option. And it depends, like, how much uh, outfields you want to spend, like, your first seven picks. I don't mind drafting, you know, just before the 10th round, before, uh, maybe the ninth round. So yeah, again, just mainly the whole point of doing this this sode is just to bring reminders of how these great how these guys were great, uh, or at least good enough beyond uh, our expectations for them when we set uh, when we, what we set for them in the preseason. So definitely, definitely, definitely do not forget about those three guys I mentioned right there. And speaking of three, let's go to Cincinnati. We got three guys right here: Jesse Winkler. Joey Votto, Jonathan India, right now Jesse Winkler. Unfortunately, uh, he uh, for uh, I think what was it the last two months, maybe like the last one and a half months. Unfortunately, he played one game. He tried to come back from the IL, just did not do it. But before that, he was an uh, he was an MVP candidate, and I was dead wrong about. It. I said like ah you know he, he's hot right now, but it's gonna he's gonna cool down. You'll see, you know he's just I haven't seen him be that uh, throughout his entire career, and I was wrong. He still did continue to do it. The injury. That he had just stopped him, uh, but I will definitely say that uh, that that with that ballpark, I wouldn't be surprised that he comes out and tries to do this again because now he's probably thinking, okay, I'm going to try to have a full season and I'm going to try to be in the MVP conversation because I was, I was in it at one point at, during this uh, like I'm not sure if it was the middle of the season early season at one point I was in the MVP conversation and I want people to take recognition of of my play of my team's play and also for trying to win some big bucks, right? So with him, the ballpark, we already know about Cincinnati. I mean, come on, it's Cincinnati. We know how great the ballpark is for hitters. Um, That definitely is a big plus. No less, he has told me that it. it, it I'm kind of worried that it might have been a flu season, but at the same time, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt because of the ballpark, and the lineup might take a hit, with Concianos possibly leaving, but at the same time, I do feel good about the you know just the other hits they have, and especially when they have Jonathan India, who's my next guy. If they have guys like that coming on up, uh, from uh, from their farm system into their lineup, that could definitely seem like you know not a substantial hit if Conciano leaves, and uh, you know, and amongst uh, amongst other things, that again really does depend on what the offseason season brings us. Uh, but yeah, speaking of India, he had a decent season for himself. Like, I mean, who, like, I doubt this guy was drafted, if any. Um, like, I, like, I've never heard of him. Uh, but yes, yeah, but let me bring up his numbers here 21 home runs, um, 70 RBIs, I think, almost 12 um, stone bases, excuse me. Yeah, uh, uh, OPS over 800. So, uh, the, I, he's definitely going to be there next season. Uh, there's no question about that. Uh, even in the conversation for Rookie of the Year, the, this definitely was his rookie year, 150 games played. I'll, def, I'll definitely tell you that, uh, again, if you want to get your hands on many Cincinnati bats, that's fine. He's, he's got to be one of them because I guarantee you people are really going to forget about this guy. And I and, and because he's a second baseman and maybe eligible at third base as well, two positions that may be thin when the draft gets deeper, Right, I would definitely take a flyer on him and definitely and, and let it riot out. He may struggle like Renio Suarez, uh, which I'll get to. He's a disappointment, but yeah, definitely don't. I don't mind taking a chance on him, taking a chance on Winkler, and then taking a chance on Joey Votto. He was hot at that one point, seven straight games with a home run. Like that is just unbelievable, and I'm not sure he's going to do that again. But it does definitely beg the question, is he worth drafting higher than, uh, you know, typical first basemen? Like, is he really the 6th best or 7th best first baseman, right? Uh, like, I would still take Rizzo over him, for example, you know, just the talent and his, and the youth is still there. But you, you, I think he really brought his name back to life. Like, I doubt that he was drafted. Maybe he was, but I still think that, like, if he was drafted in the 19th or 20th round, in this past year's draft, that maybe now he might get drafted in the fifteenth, or fourteenth, or thirteenth. And the only reason I I might be a little bit, um, uh, like lowballing it is because when it comes to first baseman, it's a position where you don't need to draft them that high. And I know there's a few guys that you do, uh, you know, you're just feeling inclined to like Freddie Freeman, Jose Abreu, Matt Olson this upcoming year. Um, but still, at the end of the day, I'm just I'm just like, with Vada, he still gets his loss. There's no doubt about that. Uh, I do question if now if that was his best power season before he retires because he is really getting up in there in age, but he's still got some left in the tank, obviously. So I'll definitely say again, with all three of these Reds, you can definitely ch- take a chance on them. Hopefully it's later than uh, than the first 10 rounds. I doubt it with Winkler, but with the other two, I, I would definitely take a chance on them um, and, and make them either your – Starring or just the backup, or maybe utility, right? Like some leagues you may have second base slash third base, uh, uh, second base slash shortstop, excuse me, first base slash third base, or utility. Like they could be a star in your lineup late in your draft when you're filling out your roster. Uh, if you get them as your bench play, I think that would be great too. Uh, so let me get into two guys that uh, that had the, some potential, uh, based on uh, either. 2020 or 2019, and because they had a great season, I'm questioning if it's a fluke. Austin Riley and Jared Walsh. Uh, so Austin Riley, I'm am just like okay. So you have someone who's, I'm not sure if you want to say an MVP candidate, but I would definitely say he's definitely in the top ten. You know, um, I'm I'm not even sure I can think about all, like ten names, but Austin Riley is definitely one of the guys that you had to put up there when you're talking about you know, like MVP, even, even though he's not going to be, you know, you just have to have that kind of respect for the season he did. And I do, I mean, now for me, I was just kind of like, ah, man, I'm not sure he's going to do that again because we, we it, are we just getting fooled again? You know, I really felt good after those uh, the first few weeks of uh, first few weeks of major league baseball and he was just red hot, one of the best hitters in the game as a rookie and you know, playing his just like you know his first ever taste of Major League Baseball, I'm like that's gonna be a great hit. Atlanta just got something, you know. But then he just struggled, and then the pre the next season, which was last season, he struggled, and I'm like I can't believe how wrong I was. And now with this being a great season, I'm like I don't want to be wrong about him again. You know, like it's almost like he's p- pulling me back in. So I I'm a little bit more hesitant on, on um than most people. But do not, do not. My only advice: you want if you want to sound I'm biased, that's fine. But do not spend so much of a high draft pick on him. Just, just don't. If you want to take him the eighth round, ninth round, if he's still there, that's fine. I would assume he would be there in the uh, be there. Uh, he would be taken in the sixth round, or maybe a little bit earlier. I'll definitely think the seventh round but don't just don't jump the gun on him just just don't wait on him i know he had a great season i doubt he's he's going to be eligible for outfielder which then lessens the value a little bit and i know he's still a great hair nonetheless of the eligibility or not but i just worry when it comes to the game of baseball you can show me a great flash right like dominic brown for example, I, I know uh, people in Philly love to bring that. He's a flash in the pan. Baseball is plenty of those, and I'm just trying to make you as cautious as possible. And this is one of the guys here. And Jared Walsh, same thing. He was uh, incredible, and I'm and I think he's going to have the eligibility at first base and outfield. I really do. If he doesn't, I'll, I'll be surprised by that. But a great season. I know he struggled in the dog days. Came back uh, in the Seattle series, and for the most part of September. So I'm just like the Angels really do need him. They really do need him. Uh, when when Dome comes back, when Trout comes back, you know, uh, they they want to finally make the playoffs, and this guy's part of their plan. So I'm definitely telling you right right now that he has the power. He he has the consistency factor. It's just a matter of um, you know can can he just really do it for an entire season, you know? And I love consistency. I, I value someone a lot who's consistent. So definitely, definitely, definitely do not forget about him because he was hot at one point then wasn't and then kind of was again no think about this guy he had a great overall season but maybe a fluke Next season. So now we have the honorable mentions. I'm going to run the list here because uh, I'm always spending a lot of time. Just lo- I just love talking about hitters, and we, we haven't even gotten to pitchers yet. So definitely, uh, I might I might explain if they're like uh, someone who overcame their high expectation or burst onto the scene. But other than that, I'll just say the names, and you could definitely check out the stats for yourself. Matt Olson and Star Marte, definitely someone who had a high expectation or high enough expectation, and just were flat out amazing. So definitely for those. Don't say, like, oh, my God, how are you surprised? They are great players. I'm just I'm just very, very happy, excited, uh, even surprised, even with the high hesitation, that they did very, very well. And Oakland should have went to the playoffs, but unfortunately they didn't. Jonathan Scope kind of burst onto the scene. Uh, Willie Domas definitely burst onto the scene because, you know, he's a defensive-minded player, and I, he got hot, and now you can kind of consider him a mix of both. Ryan McMahon, even though that's really due to, to cores. Jake Cronin and Chris Taylor, both guys are uh, eligible, go- uh, eligible friendly guys. I would say they burst onto the scene. Jake Cronin, we knew what he was capable of, but he really was good early in the season, and unfortunately, like fizzled out. But uh, if you can buy low with him, I definitely would because I think he's going to he's going to bounce back from the struggles that he had towards the end of the season. And the same thing for Chris Taylor applies. Uh, Adolis Garcia from his rookie season was it a fluke though? You know he really bursts onto the scene, but he strikes out a lot. It reminds me of Gal a little bit. Was that a fluke season? Is he is he just going to strike out? That remains to be seen. Hunter Renfrow, uh, Cedric Mullins, was that a fluke season? Right, incredible season. Thirty home runs, not that many RBIs, a lot of stolen bases. Is he going to do that again? Possible. To the fact that uh, you know Baltimore might get better, and, and that they they're supposed to have a decent farm system, uh, the fact that you know Ryan was the other one, you know someone else that came through uh, from the farm farm system. So again, I'm just I'm just wondering with the with the, with Malkhouse, I definitely believe, and with Mullins, I'm just like I would like to see it again. D- it did a whole lot with a little. Uh, or even with a little bit of nothing. So I'm just wondering can that really be repeated twice? Uh, Jorge Polanco, I wasn't totally surprised with him. I know I thought of him as a sleeper, but he really established himself as a second baseman that you should really go get next season. Brandon Crawford, I think was a fluke. so happy for him, but I, I don't think he's gonna, I don't think he's gonna keep doing what he did in the next, uh, in the next season or even uh, when he finishes out that contract. So now we got pitchers, uh, and I'm going to probably just run down the list because the pitchers I'm about to say uh, are like, yeah, these guys are really good. There's not too much explanation, right? You know how good they are. You're just kind of surprised that they finally put it together, or you had doubts about them going to the season, whether it's because of their age or a new situation or whatever the case, or maybe, you know, like uh, an innings limit, you know, and it, it just didn't happen or, uh, you know, like uh, they were very much disappointing and they finally, you know, just everything just clicked. Robbie Ray is definitely a great example of that. I, like I even traded him away, you know. Um, I actually, I thought like going into the second half, like there's no way he's going to do that again. And he just kept getting better and better and better. And he's, uh, you know, he's right up there with Cole with the Cy Young. So uh, there's no doubt in my mind that I was wrong about Robbie Ray. I, I, I picked him up because I'm like, okay, he's got potential. Uh, to you know, to be like this kind of pitcher, but I, I was very surprised he just kept it up every start, for the for the most part, every pitcher has their bad days at least once. Um, but he just kept going and he just didn't slow down. He's a big strikeout guy. He just cut his walks. That's all I really care about is the walks. Uh, and I and I'm not too sure about the home runs because pitchers don't really care about giving up as home uh, that many home runs as they did in uh, in recent seasons. Like, they just give it up, okay, you know, if it's a solo run, you know what, that's fine, you know. Um, and I see a lot of pitchers giving up home runs because, you know, the hitters with their with their swings and with the with the ball scandal, you know, whatever the case may be, they're, they're just like, let's just strike this guy out or let's just get this guy, get into the shift. And they and I think they started to care about it less and less as long as it wasn't like a big-time home run. Uh, but yeah, Robbie Ray again, he should probably be one of the high, higher up uh, draft picks, top five, top six. I would like to draft him in my draft. So definitely, if anyone's in my league listening, you better pick uh, You better pick him in the first round or something because I would love to get this guy uh, fourth or fifth round. I believe in this guy. But also, is he going to stay in Toronto, right? Some of the guys, even as I mentioned, as hitters, I don't, I don't know all their contract situations, but something to be aware of is the off season, you know, like is this t- is this guy gonna stay with their team, to which then you could kind of expect more of the same, or if they go to a new team, that they might have to be acclimated a little bit, where it's AL to NL, vice versa, new home, um, maybe it's a pitcher's park, or maybe it's a hitter's park, and you have to take everything into account. So definitely don't forget about that either, that when it comes down to it, free agency does impact a hitter's or pitcher's ability, to do to do well so now we're on to the White Sox right and Lance Lynn not surprised about him good for him that he's that he did again he's not on this list uh but you know who is Carlos Rendon and Dylan Cease no doubt about it that these two guys Dylan Cease has uh, had the potential Carlos Rendon has always had the potential Cease finally put it together and Rendon just stayed healthy you know, and he and I'm I'm very happy that Larusa did not have an innings limit on him just because he didn't pitch a lot the past two seasons. Like he, he proved and it wasn't just because of the no-hitter, he still kept going even after that. With Radone, he, he again, it was just all about durability, ERA around three or under three, and then Dylan Cease. he had it, the wasp creeped up on him, no question about that, but he still struck out a lot of guys a lot of guys, and he also was just someone that the White Sox could rely on. So, um, and unfortunately, yeah, Gio Leo I could have added, um, but he wasn't surprised. He seemed like like uh, he had a little bit of a down season um, to his standards, because I, I actually did draft him, and I think that's mostly true to this one start that he had in Boston, where he didn't even pitch uh, into the third inning, gave up like eight runs. That really hurt his era for the rest of the season, I think. But uh, but yeah, the main two that you, the that, uh, gave them good numbers. Lance gave, gave them great numbers, but you didn't expect the great numbers to also come from Rendon and Dylan Seas, at least from a fantasy perspective. So no doubt in my mind, definitely, I don't mind getting those guys now that they have uh, those innings under their belt. And you could say they can build on um, their success last season, especially when they're motivated of losing to the Astros in the first round. Like that's gotta be under everyone's skin. Um, now we got uh, two more pairs of guys here. The first one being Milwaukee, Freddie Peralta and Corbin Burns. Now I'm not gonna bring up Woodruff. I think he did what he was supposed to. Just got a little bit unlucky with the run support, and he kind of like feels it out a little bit middle of the season, end of the season. Like I'm like Woodruff, dude, come on, you're way better than this, you know. And that's and unfortunately on him, and not always on the offense. But yeah, with Peralta, I think I, he not he pitched. Almost a full season. I want to give him the benefit of a doubt of the full season because they did keep him on a leash at times. Didn't always pitch him past the fifth inning. You know, wanted to prepare for the playoffs. The division was basically set, even with the Cardinals winning 17 straight games. It was just set, and they didn't want to risk anything with him. I know he's young, but he's proved, definitely, definitely proved that he is... And which is funny, say their third guy because Woodruff and and Burns are just two amazing guys. So I think he really burst onto the scene. We he always had that potential, but now you got a full season of him. That yes, this is very productive. He strikes out a lot of guys. Keep it keeps the ball in the ballpark, and uh, he has he has a low low uh, ERA. But the guy who really I don't want to say bursted onto the scene, but really like uh, like kind of a mix of both, you know, in terms of. Uh, that you we knew he had uh he had like my one friend even said you know uh like don't expect uh don't be surprised if the, if this guy's an ace corbin burns and I'm like I don't I i do nervous like I have not I haven't seen that much great things about him but yeah he did do pretty well in 2020 and I'm like he just didn't do well in 2019 I was always skeptical of him ever since uh I mean you could also say that uh you know as a relief pitcher and he and, and that's the thing he was a relief pitcher he was decent in 2018, but I'm just like, that's not, that's not what it, you're asking me as a starter, you know, and he just, and he just kept going, 234 strikeouts, a fit, almost, uh, almost a run under his ERA, and the ERA is under 2.5, so I'm just like, the guy was just absolutely dominant, deserved, uh, 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 deserved way more wins than he got, I think he got like around eleven. So yeah, again, Milwaukee known for their pitching. And I think they was they love their pitching more than their hitting. That when it comes to the the the, the people. That headed their rotation. Woodruff did his job, no question. But the guys that really that really put it together, that guys that I wasn't so certain about was Peralta and Burns, and they definitely proved me wrong. And uh, and I'll definitely look I'll I'll look forward, and I'll be happy to see their success success continue next season. Uh, Then we got the Phillies. You know, Aaron Noel was a big disappointment. I'll get into that um but ranger suarez and zach wheeler so when it comes to suarez not a lot of innings and especially as a starter not a lot of innings but i could definitely see the potential there and i wouldn't mind drafting him within like the first 11 or 12 rounds now uh, you know I, i'm going to probably play with uh, some philly fans so he probably might get taken a little bit before that he's definitely a good sleeper you're not going to really think about suarez because he's a he's relatively new to being a starter so I'm just I'm just like if you could get him cheap, get him cheap, uh, and cheap by the draft standards, whatever you want to make of it. But yeah, no question about it. Ranger Suarez was good as a closer, good as a lead pitcher, good as a starter. And it wasn't just because of the matchups. I know the uh, Phillies had a relatively easy schedule, and for them it didn't even matter. They didn't even make the playoffs anyway. But he, took, he didn't seem like he had that many bad starts, maybe one or two. And that's really good for someone converting from pitching one inning all the way to six. You know, like, I'll take that. So definitely no doubt in my mind, and especially when the Phillies also needed – a left-handed, uh, starting pitcher in their rotation. They never really had one since Cole Hamels, in my opinion, and he got dealt away. So I'm, uh, so I'm just like, uh, I think he got dealt away to the Rangers. I was about to say Chicago, but, uh, but either way, uh, no doubt in my mind, a bona fide third, maybe even two starter in the rotation that you could count on and the and the number one who proved me wrong because I had him in 2020 wasn't that big of a strikeout guy completely flipped the script and now Zach Wheeler uh, and also flipped the script in terms of when he was on the Mets he definitely no doubt in my mind was, was a first half or second half guy right just never put it together for a full season and now sure he probably had a better first half uh, than the second half but it wasn't that there was there wasn't that big of a discrepancy. He really did it for an entire season, so there's no question in my mind that you can trust Zach Wheeler next season. Now I'm not sure it's gonna be Cy, Cy Young worthy. I, like, you know, great things have to uh, have to end at some point. I think he might have almost a great, definitely at least a good season. So yes, he might he might be overdrafted because of this past season and might regress a little bit to the pitcher who I think he is. He's not elite. Right, I don't think he is elites. Like, he's not with Scherzer, he's not with Burns, he's he's not with um uh Chris Sale in his prime, you know. Like, I mean, think about Chris Sale striking out like 13 guys every 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 single star, you know. Like, he's he's a top 10, but he's not a top four, top five, you know what I mean. So, definitely don't get him in the first second round, even though someone might actually do that. If you if you want to get him the fourth or fifth, I think that's more of a steal, and the third is a compromise between those two things. So then, let's get into the Giants, and this is this is where I think their their, their success came from. You know, like you have Kevin Kevin Garzman, like who expected that, right? This journeyman, and he finally puts it together. Is he going to do it again? Uh, Alex Wood, a journeyman, and he and he ha- he's had a good season before, but he's a, uh, he had a good one this past season. And then you also have uh, Anthony Desefani getting out of Cincinnati into a pitcher's park. If he stays in San Francisco, I would expect uh, similar results next season. So he could definitely be a sleeper. Logan Webb is a bona fide ace. If you want to overdraft this guy, that's fine. I really do think that when his performance against the Dodgers is no joke, and also his perform uh, his performance when he came back from the IL is also no joke. This guy's the real deal. Please. Get him somehow. If you don't, you got to trade for him. This guy is the real deal. And now he's probably going to be taken um, past the 10th round, which I think will be a steal. Again, you don't hear a lie about Logan Webb, it was mostly Kevin Gosman. And it was mostly you know uh, Chris Bryant or uh, Buster Posey, you know that really and Gabe Kapler. They really made headlines. Uh, but I really think that Logan Webb is the number one guy there going into next season. And there's no doubt in my mind. So I'm very high on this guy. I'm not very high on a lot of guys. Please take him. And then you also had Jake McGee. Jake McGee. I mean, I'm not sure if he's going to be the close there. Next thing you had uh, Duvall close for. Um, in, in the postseason games, and also towards the end of September. So, but he was still really surprised. Talk about this passing. He still got a lot of saves. And uh, I'll definitely think that, you, you know, just you didn't expect the Giants to win this many games. So, of course, we didn't really invest that much into their, into their closing situation. And the fact that he did so efficiently makes me think, yeah, I was surprised about that. No question. And then we got two pitchers. Trying to move a little bit faster. Two pitchers, uh, and they played... Played each other in the wild card game. I, I forget. I know Wright pitched in the uh, wild card game. I forget who pitched for the for the Dodgers. I think it was Scherzer. But Julio Ureas, man, 20 wins. Now, sure, I think 20 is a little bit too much of his actual ability because the offense was just there for him. He didn't even need to go more than five innings. But Julio Ureas was just consistent time and time again and proved he's a full time starter. He's not a hybrid. I don't care what Dave Roberts thinks. And he's definitely a guy that you can rely on as your three or your two. I know it's a just right, so I have to say three or four. But in a, in any other rotation, he's a two and maybe a one. So no doubt in my mind, he like he always had the potential, always had the talent. It was just all about the injuries, uh, the opportunity, and he got those uh, this past season. So no question in my mind, Urias had to be. Uh, On this list, and and he helped me. He helped me win. He helped a lot of guys win, especially for leagues that had wins at like ten points. So (laughs) that's another discussion for another day. Uh, Adam Rainwright, he struggled in April, Um, and the only reason I have him on this list is because so he struggled, and he bounced back in a big way. Um, His ERA really came down. His WHIP really came down. Strikeouts were good enough. And also, he just repeated last season, right, where he struggled a little bit again. Mostly a home pitcher, but he really just put it together towards the end of the season, and he gave the Cardinals a shot to to go far, right? Um, winning seventeen games, that was part of him. Uh, he was in that Walker game, you know. They even had the lead with him. That's all of his doing, and I just was surprised that he was just able to do it again. Now, I might be a little bit skeptical going into next season. Uh, so i might be skeptical for three straight seasons in a row but i'm gonna be less so i'm gonna really be less so um it seems like he's just figured it out maybe he's being father time from now and i would capitalize it before it's too late so i would definitely get rainwright um i'm not sure what the average draft position is is just gonna be this is just all guessments that i've been doing uh, but i would definitely think that uh like 15 no, and not 15. Um, because a pitcher, you know, you really gotta value starting pitchers. There's not many great ones, so I think at the very, at the very uh, latest, twelfth round. Um, but like I said, you know, just do your research a little bit and maybe draft them a little bit ahead, because that should still be relatively good, a good roster right there. Uh, I don't expect that much change in St. Louis. Like Most of their rosters intact. They just got to do it again and maybe upgrade the bullpen, no question, uh, for next season. So then let's get into the honorable mentions of those that surprised. I just I wish I had more time to talk about them. You have Cal Control, of the Indians, I'm not sure he's going to have the lead pitcher eligibility there. That might help you if you don't want saves. So definitely look out for that. He's definitely a great guy that just fixed it midseason. He was awesome for the rest of the season, especially showed by the the, the game in Williamsport against uh, Anaheim. No doubt in my mind, someone that could, uh, that could do that again. and Iglesias, Nathan Evolvi, Tyler Malley. Now, I wanted to put Wade Miley on this list, but I'm like, he doesn't really fit the criteria either way. Um, and I really do think it was a kind of a fluke season. He got the no hitter, you know. Uh, he's a journeyman for a reason, and he's going to be in Cincinnati. Uh, he, I'm not sure he's going to be in Cincinnati next season, but if he is going to be in Cincinnati, or I just I just cannot expect him to have that kind of a season again. Uh, like not only is he getting older, but you know I just don't trust him. I really I really really don't. So definitely when it comes to Tyler Miley, it just reminded me of uh, his teammate Wade Miley. Sandy Alcantara, Trevor Rogers. like Miami's always had great pitchers. Um, was, was it a fluke season? I would say no. Like I, I definitely really trust, I really like this guy's stuff. And they sh- there should be less of a leash for Rogers And Alcantara going 200 plus innings does not surprise me at all. They just need more offense. And Jeter's saying that they want changes. They want to get better. If he follows up on it, I would really go after a lot of Miami's pitchers, and Pablo Lopez is another guy too. I didn't add, but I could have. Craig Kimbrell, before, mostly before he got traded, he was really good with the Cubs. Uh, don't forget about that. If he go, if he stays uh, with the White Sox, of the value goes down. It's mostly just because of saves here, but you guys still be efficient, and that he was. Um, Alec Manoa. Was that Fluke season? I think he's got a lot of talent, but he's just got to prove it to me again. Joe Musgrove, unfortunately, he fizzled out. He still had an ERA under four, and good enough under four. But still, I'm just, I'm just like a lot of things happened in San Diego. I think he was one of the things. Just pitching Gemma was one of the things, and you expect a lot from him after that no hitter. And I think he's, I think he's a bounce back candidate. I really do. And you might say bounce back candidate. He had a good season. I'm like, it could. He, he would tell you is a first and, uh, first half story uh, rather than a whole story. And so just be aware of that. Uh, uh, he's definitely capable of way more. And then you have Luis Garcia, Framer Valdez, those two mates. I love those two. I think they're definitely sleepers because no one's really talking about them. You know, especially for someone like Garcia, Valdez has definitely made his no- name known a little bit, especially against pitching. Uh, that that gem against uh the Red Sox and the ALCS. But still, you don't hear, he he's not Verlander, he's not Granky, he's not a big time name. Houston's a big time city, but you just don't hear a lot about those two names. So definitely don't forget about them. I love these two guys. If I, if if they if you it's a little if you think sleeper is a little bit of like you know like uh, like too much of a disrespectful name then that's fine, but really I wouldn't mind taking them um, relatively early in the mid round, like, you know, eleventh, tenth, even 9th round may seem too high, but I'll take it anyway. I just love their potential. And then uh, speaking of teammates, speaking of the AOS, Oakland with Chris Bassett and Frankie Matez. I really do uh, think Matez finally put it together. Like I mean sometimes he just flamed out, right? But he really just over the course of the season and I know there's a few like one or two bad games but he really just stayed under four the entire season. He really looked dominant at times, and I think that he that was all that was just his potential, right? And I and I just think that uh, so it was more. Uh, I guess you could say barely fits the criteria. Not really, but still, I had just I just had to mention his name, and I really do think he's going to really take that next step next season. The fact that he was able to take this one the past season, then Chris Bassett, unfortunately, just it didn't end. Uh, thank goodness. Uh, his season, but it, it did stop his season getting hit in the head by a liner. Uh, I, I would definitely say he was doing good, and I, and I definitely think maybe it was a little bit, uh, like a little bit too much of a surprise. The fact that I'm not sure if that's going to keep up, but I want to mention his name for this past season, that what he did was really good, and I think that uh, if he keeps that up, I will be surprised about that. But at the same time, what he did was just flat-out solid, flat-out uh, above average, so there's no question in my mind that he could do that again because the standard is not that high for him. Now we're getting to disappointments in terms of performance. Gotta run these names down because there's not like that much time. I also want to give you this shamelessly early mock draft. And of course, we don't like disappointments, right? You know, just uh, uh, we really do like talk about the good things, the surprises. You know, that's really just a way of life. But I will say, when it comes to the disappointments, when it comes to performance. For the most part, I really do think these guys are bounce back candidates and also they have a little bit of a stain on their name. And so it's going to be easier to get guys like these rather than guys who were injured because we all we give injury a pass way more with performance, right? So the first name and uh, is, is Cody Bellinger. No doubt in my mind, Cody Bellinger is a name that you might say, oh, he's a good postseason performer, you know, he's talented, one MVP. We're talking about we are talking about twenty twenty one. I don't. I just cannot care about those other things if we're having a fantasy baseball discussion. So when it comes to Cody Bellinger, I'm telling you, man, it was it, it. just looked bad. It really did. And I, is he a balanced by candidate? I don't know. I I just I just do not know. Like I really, really, am just not sure. Um, because really, when it comes to baseball, if someone's really talented. And like you know, and you see them play really good, and they had a down season. Most of them they're gonna st- uh, they're gonna shake it off, bounce back next season. Baseball's a long game, whether it's one whole season or one whole's career, you know. So I'm just like, I, I I really have to see it to believe it with Belgium. It was just that bad. So I I would be hesitant. I would probably not draft it and see what happens. And If he does really good, then at least maybe you could draft it in the season after and blame it on me because I'm willing I'm willing to do that for you. Um, the next one is his teammate, Mookie Betts. Now he had a decent and almost uh, like an above average—you might even want to say average—but his standards it was a disappointment. No question in my mind. Your first round pick, maybe a first overall pick, you gotta be way better than that, Milky. You just you, you, like just did low batting, uh, low batting average in terms of again his standards, uh, not a lot of RBIs. You know, and I'm just and I'm just like he played enough games and he just he just wasn't always there. So I, I think that's just a down season. Don't don't be so freaked out about that. Uh Char- Charlie Blackman, you know, it seems like two down seasons in a row for him. Uh but again, he's at course. He's just so he's just so talented. Um I would ex- I would expect him to definitely um bounce back. And again, the Rockies always put up runs. I mean, they're one of the best home teams of baseball. Um uh, but then when you get on the road, that's when you know you might have to bench him or whatever, or facing a lefty, uh, whatever the case may be. Uh, but then we get the Mets, and a lot of things were just disappointing about the Mets. Francisco Lindor, I think he's definitely a bounce back hand. You guys all know what I'm talking about. I don't even need Brandon says It was just a mess. I think it was a storyline throughout baseball. Uh, it, I, he's just he's he's gonna he's gonna bring it together. He's not a dumb guy. He's always positive. He's got a lot of confidence. He's gonna he's gonna figure out a way to bring him back. And I still think he's going to be drafted in top six, maybe top seven round. Um, if you're lucky, because, I, again, you know, he's one of the top shortstops in the game, uh, and you know he's going to stay in New York so with that 10-year contract. He, he's not going to move around, so definitely those are some things you want to consider. Uh, Michael Caforo, Jack McNeil. I mean, you could definitely attribute some of that to injuries, but I really think they play enough games uh, for me to turn that, like, they were just not going to have that great of a season anyway, uh, and it's disappointing. You know, they're great Solid contact hairs, One has more power than the other one, of course. But I'm just like, where are your bats at? You know, you got to be more consistent. And they just weren't. Uh, and I was looking for them and I couldn't find them. So when it comes to McNeil, I expect to bounce back. Like, I love a good contact here. You don't see a lot of them these days. Conforto, I, I, I depends where he goes. I think he's going to be a free agent. And I have to see it to believe it so there's, uh, there's the Mets for you and speaking of the Mets you got to bring up the Yankees and yes we do have some Yankees talk with uh, Glaver Torres and, and DJ Lumeu. Now DJ Mayu, you know and Torres face their share of injuries but again from where they were drafted I expected way more. I just did especially Lumeu getting taken the second round uh, in my draft, probably the third round in other drafts but I would definitely think that it's uh, just not enough. And, and and Boone would say the same thing, just not enough, uh, just too, just too much inconsistencies, too much struggling, especially at the wrong times, you know, like uh, and, and the Yankees got hot, the Yankees got cold. I hate when that happens. You got ch- this, and that's why I hate Reese Hoskins. You know, like you gotta be, you, you gotta stay warm throughout the course of the season without being hot and cold and getting to warm the at the end of the season though no, because. I don't know when to bench you then. And you might hit a home run then, and then I'm going to be really mad about it. Or you're going to get cold when you're in the lineup, and you're striking out three or four times where I should have benched you. So it, I don't like dealing with those types of plays. And it seemed like with those two, it seemed like to fall in line with that script. And I'm just like, I, I just can't have it. I just can't have it. I, and I don't want to deal with it. Uh, maybe I expect to bounce back. Torres, not so much. Uh, so definitely think about where they get drafted, and I think you could get them later than that. So then you're dealing with Cincinnati. I brought Junior Suárez's name. Not don't. I'm not surprised with the low batting average, the high home runs. You know that's just he's making the most of his hits. Uh, but I would definitely say you know I kind of accept the backs back. It's just a matter of how much contact he puts to the bat. I just hate those strikeouts. He's not a big walk guy. Um, if if, you, if he is third base and shortstop eligible, I might take a flyer on him. But still, at the end of the day, I'm just—I—he's I, someone that may have a bounce back. But I'm kind of like—even with Cincinnati and that ballpark—I'm not willing to give him uh, the benefit of the doubt in comparison to some of the other heroes that I was talking about, like Winker, Votto, and Jonathan India. Um, so just be aware of him when that, and when you're when the time's ready, and, you, and he's one of the top names. I just just be aware, you know, what you're getting yourself into. Um, i do really expect not that much different from this past season uh but you never know i mean baseball is a game where you know go back and forth uh it really it really is baseball's just a funny game um but i just want to stay consistent here going to get into the pitchers of cincinnati lewis Castillo, sonny gray sonny gray was okay he wasn't that bad as Castillo was in the first like two months of the season and i knew that uh, but altogether, you know, just just not what you want. And I do expect a bounce back at least of one of the two. Uh, I, just, I don't know what the situation is going to be, if, they, if they're going to trade them. Like, you heard rumors about them at some point during the season. Uh, that could definitely influence a lot of things because Cincinnati is a hitter's park. You don't want a pitcher pitching in the hitter's park. So for me, I'm, I'm just I'm just like, I would like a trade, but at the same time, I'm not sure if it's actually going to happen. So I'm just, but if they were to stay in that same place I would I would say that uh, I trust Castillo he's just I think he's just more talented and he's got more upside gray may be hitting uh, the end of his prime so just just be look at the uh, look at their numbers look at the research <coughs> excuse me and I just just see w- just what you make of their seasons look at their splits and I love looking at home in a way. Uh, I love looking at night and day. You know, like are are they really that much of a different pitcher? Are they jekyll and hyde depending on the circumstances? And if it's too much for you, then it's too much of a risk for me. Um, Definitely look at those numbers because I don't have them in front of me. So then we get into uh, we uh, so these next three teams here. Some teams that had some high expectations based on the way they played early on: the Phillies, the Cubs, and the Padres. So the first one I'm dealing with is the Phillies, and that's JT Ramuto. I always said it; he's not the best hitting catcher in baseball. He may be the best running catcher in baseball, but do not take a high pick on him because that should go on Salvador Perez. No doubt about it. Wherever you pick JT, uh, you should pick one one round higher for Salvador Perez and see what happens to JT because he got paid way too much money, struggled too much at times. I expect a little bit more of a bounce back. But not that much of bounce back because he's a catcher, man. He might have just hit it, and Perez found a way to uh, to uh, to beat some of those physical tolls of playing the catcher position. Then you got Alec Bohm, He got sent down. He's still young. He's still got a, a lot of promise. He's definitely a bounce back candidate, uh, just because of how bad his season was. Um, and, and, and who else is going to play a third base? You know. So the opportunity is still there for the at bats. Uh, and I think that they want him to. Uh, uh, to just just reflect on this past season, just work in the off season. I think he's going to be better. Like he had, he showed that a lot of flashes in twenty twenty, and the sophomore slump is is real. So uh, not for everybody, but I do think that twenty twenty two can definitely be a bounce back. And then Aaron Noah, I don't know, man. I just don't know what to make of him. I think that if you could get him lower, like if he goes, if he actually goes past the tenth round, I think that would be a steal. But I doubt it. Uh, but other than, if he earlier than the night, I'm not sure I'm willing to risk it. First of all, it, it is Wheeler's team. I even like Suarez a bit more than Nola, and I know that's a lot of uh, of disrespect. But I would definitely I would definitely think that. Uh, I don't know, man. I just I just I just don't know which guy you're gonna get. He's a really good home guy, but even then, at some starts, he just wasn't great. Uh, what about the Phillies lineup? I don't know uh, what to make of that and their upcoming off season. So I would just I, I would avoid uh, Nola for the time being until you get a good feeling about who he is. Uh, then you got into the Cubs. Really, the only guy that was just disappointing is Kyle Hendricks. Uh, like he was, you know, you he he got a lot of wins because of the run support, but his ERA is way too high. So definitely, I expect that you're going to expect a little bit more of that. Just Chicago um, rebuilding, you're going to have some aggression of the pitchers. Uh, where you, you, you wanted him to be around 3, maybe 3.50 in just like wasn't even close. I think that what we saw of Hendricks is a little bit more like who he is right now and who he might be, but I will definitely say that uh, he, he got a lot of those wins. You're not going to see a lot of them next season, I can tell you that for sure. So just, uh, just be aware that the wins are not going to be there, and the pitcher who was decent in, in April and May – just, just completely fell apart in um just fell apart in um in um what is that? Sorry, I like just just looking at the clock, I'm like I really gotta hurry and uh just not, don't be so surprised that uh um you know, just just running off some names here because uh I still have to get to the mock draft, you know. So definitely, definitely, definitely let's let's do that after talk about Yun Darwish, Blake Snell Patrick Corbin, Zach Greinke. Zach Greinke I, I, Greinke, I think he had an injury. And, you know, his wheels just started to fall off a little bit. Things just weren't clicking. I think the age really has to play factor in there. But I would definitely tell you right now, uh, don't, don't give up on Zach, on Zach Greinke as long as he still has an opportunity to be a star. Because I really think this is like a guy you could really draft late. And the potential still there. Like, he was fine. You know, the strikeouts obviously or not his thing anymore, but he could put up some solid numbers. So def- I I could very much consider him if it's past the 18th, 19th round. I mean, it's Zach Renke, you know, I would give him one more shot before giving up on him. Patrick Corbin, just a really terrible, horrific season. I would avoid him, kind of like for the same reason I avoid Hendricks. Just a lot of things are going to go haywire uh, in Chicago, in D.C., two rebuilding teams, uh, and he still might have a decent season, but that doesn't that the, the defense is probably going to be bad? The bats are not going to be there if you care about wins. So definitely, I, I just those two situations, I really do worry about Patrick Corbin, and I would steer clear of him. Uh, and then you got Yu Darvish Blake Snell. A lot of people think Yu Darvish broke down because of uh, the ball uh, substance scandal that happened, and uh, Blake Snell. It was just like they just didn't trust him to go long enough. So. <sighs> I think you, you Darwitz is a bounce back handicap. Blake Snell, take him at your own risk. I, I don't know what to make of the guy. Uh, and I, and I know San, uh, San Diego is going to get a new manager. They, they, I know that they fired uh, Jace Tingler, but I just, that's just too good of a lineup. Uh, they, are, I, I do think that do, their defense is decent enough. Uh, by But again, just th- look at their talent. Blake Snell won a side on you, Darvish was close. Like Those are two pitches that you just cannot give up on unless they give you a lot of reason to. So I would just definitely like, buy low, if you can, on Darvish and just avoid Blake Snell for now. Just avoid him for now. Um, and then we have uh, the honorable mentions. Uh, and I'm going to run these by. I love these guys. I really do. But you just did not meet expectations or... Um, or you just you just struggled too many times. Kentamaya, I know he got injured, but even before then, he was struggling too much. John Means, who you, if you see his numbers, he had a good season, but I traded for him. But I, and, and like during the time he was injured, he really took a step back after the injury. So I was definitely disappointed on that. You could you could make the argument he surprised me and then he disappointed me. So you can make the argument one player makes two lists. That would be interesting. Tr- uh, Tr- uh, Tristan McKenzie, he was awesome. Uh, during the uh, in the summer, but I expected that the entire season. Like I think he is that talented, so maybe he's a little bit biased of me expecting a lot of him. But it, but what he did, uh, you know, he almost threw a no hitter, through a lot of good games. I expected that of him. Like Cleveland's good with their pitches, just as much Milwaukee is or LA. You know, like that's where Trevor Bauer, Clemenger, Kluber, uh, Bieber all came from, really. Right, I expected. A great season for McKenzie, and I would like him to be a great bounce-back candidate for you because he's got that potential. And he's shown it, but it was only towards the end of the season, and it was for like a month span. Uh, but then you got Zach Gallin. He's definitely a bounce-back candidate. We saw what he did in 2020. Matt Chapman, down season. I, I'm, a, I'm afraid it might be more of the same next season. So I was still clear of him uh, Ryu with the strikeouts, you know, strikeouts have always been consistent. Like not like nine per, uh, not nine per nine innings. But I definitely think that it's just, just, just a bump in the road for Ryu. And I wouldn't mind buying low on him or buying lower than what you got for him last season or whoever got in last season. I, 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 would, I would. He's just too. Uh, he got paid a lot of money. Too talented to, uh um. To, to be a disappointment again. Craig Biggio, I know he was I know he was injured, but still I like he struggled a lot when he was healthy. And I just assume that that I know he I know he had a good 2020 and that technically was a sophomore season. But maybe just maybe this was kind of like his full sophomore season because because 2020 was such a short year. So I would definitely give him the benefit of the doubt next season. Uh, but kinda of like Tommy Emmett, he would be more of like a bench kind of guy. Filling in at places, he's good with the eligibility. And then you have Will Smith and Carl Santana. Carl Santana was really good for the first like few months. And then just really just took a steep down. I would avoid him next season. There's probably better options anyway. Uh, and then Will Smith, Braves closer. I would definitely think that uh he's still gonna be the Braves closer, you know, look good in the postseason, but at the same time, he just had a lot, he just caused himself into a lot of trouble, a lot of hits uh, too many walks. The whip was high. The error rate should have been higher. Um, I, I, I would probably still get in. Um, w- Maybe where whoever or wherever the average draft position is, not too high. And if you could get him lower, of course, that's great. But I'm not sure if he is because people do like those saves in categories, in points leads when you have to have uh, elite pitchers there. So then I'm going to really run down this list, and it's kind of obvious. You have disappointments because someone got injured right they were not able to finish a season or uh they did finish the season but did not play a lot because they started out or just like a ton of uh time on the IL um in between in the middle parts of the season so let me run down the list here just for you to remember these guys are probably not going to be by low because they are really talented uh, it's gonna. You have to. You have to convince people to like to forget them, like because they are just that good. They just could not play that many games this season. So my trial, Anthony Rendon, I mean, that's just obvious, right? Those guys are gonna be taken. Uh, trial in the first round, in the thir- third or fourth. Like those guys should be healthy, no question about that. Going into next season, uh, Travis uh, uh Travis Darno. Who I think it can be a sleeper next year as a catcher. I know he's not to the same level when it comes to the other teammates that he has. Ronald Acuna, who's just very much disappointed, could have been an MVP, but I think he, I think he can be and will be next season if he plays the entire season. Marcelo Ozuna with his uh, domestic violence in, uh, incident. I don't know when that's gonna be cleared up. What baseball's gonna do about it? If the Braves even want on their team. I just I just mentioned his name to mention that uh to uh, and you know just uh, he's probably not he's probably uh, the whole thing might be cleared up i don't know i doubt it but just to remember uh he was a good good player and just his season just got stopped abruptly because of the injury and then dealing with that but you're going back to Darno, i think he's a sleeper he's a good powerful uh catcher should still be in atlanta with the uh, with uh acuna with uh soroka coming back you know i would definitely think that uh I think, he, I think he's a top-ten catcher. He just needs to play. And I know with this, uh, he got injured in the middle of parts, but did not play a whole lot. And then he started to play every other day. So I think you see more of him next season. Then you have uh, George Springer, who, you know, kept uh, he started out injured, then he just he got injured again. But he was great when he played. There's no question about that. So it's just a matter of if he plays a lot. And I think he will be healthy next season with all the time that he had uh, resting and and healing. That he's he's going to be a great outfielder to get next season. So don't don't forget about him, and hopefully you could get him lower because of that. Alex Bregman, his former teammate, he, two seasons in a row he got injured a lot. I would probably steal clear of him. I mean, he's a great player, puts a lot uh, puts a lot of his body on the line, but I would definitely think that uh, just two seasons in a row and uh, you, you get injured a whole lot. I'm j- I'm just I'm just very weary of you and your ability to uh, to stay healthy. So definitely. Get yourself another third baseman, unless it's like you know this sixth or seventh round. Then I think that would be a steal because the guy's very talented anyway. But you you need the players to play right, and he just has in the past two seasons. Uh, Kento Marte uh, didn't play that much. He played a good amount, but it, I wish it was more. He's just very talented, and you don't see a, a, a what I consider him to be an elite second baseman. You don't see many elite second basemen. So yeah, definitely drafting as high as you uh, as you're willing because he's definitely worth it. Uh, Luke Voigt, uh, Christian Yelich, home run guys, dealing with their own separate issues. I would probably avoid Yellish two bad seasons in a row. I'm very skeptical of him now if he's actually worth the contract. And then Luke Ford, I'm just like, is he going to stay in New York? There's a lot of like, you know, is he going to be the first base? And is, he, is there even room for him to be the DH? I don't know. I'd rather avoid the whole situation in general. So with Yellish is because of his struggles two seasons in a row. Luke Ford, because of his situation. And there should be a lot of change in New York. Definitely, definitely a lot. Uh, but then you get... The AL Central uh, all outfielders: uh, Luis Robert, Lloyd Jimenez, Byron Buxton. I was still clear of Buxton. The guy's very good. He's very talented. He was awesome. Disappointing to see him not play a lot. But I would definitely think that uh, you know I don't want to spend a sixth round or fifth round draft pick on him. Like we, we know who he is. He keeps getting injured. Uh, like we thought he he's going to put it together. He stayed healthy. He got in, uh, he got put on the injury list twice, twice. So like that's exactly what we we expect him, uh, going into season, and then we started to go like, okay, finally he's healthy, wow, you know, oh my god, but then when he gets put on, like, okay, you you know what, we give up on him, he's just fragile, and I think he is, I re, I really do, I would avoid him, uh, as he's one of the, he's it's almost one of the best what if stories in baseball right now. What if Byron Bucks has stayed healthy? Um, then you have uh, yeah, so the White Sox, uh, Luis Roper got injured in April came back in August. Uh Roy Jimenez got injured during spring training. He came back uh I think late July or late uh sometime in August. Um the point is with them, I wish we saw more of them. I mean Robert got hot in September, but really just suggests the that they're gonna be healthy next season and you should definitely take them probably where you took them last season and assume them to be healthy. Um because what what happened to them was was a travesty. And for their team too for a little bit. Even though they actually didn't miss them a whole lot, but at, at one point they did, and it had to do with uh, the injuries. Uh, you have hiscar uh, Yona of the Braves. Uh, I know it's a freak injury. Don't worry about that. I think he's a sleeper. I like his ability. I like his potential and his stuff. So definitely don't don't forget about him. Uh, then you got the uh, then you got the arms here, right? All these guys except Glaznow not going to play next season, but all these guys were dominant. Yeah, uh, at at one point, one way or the other, definitely should take. Uh, Bieber and Degrom in, in in no like in the first two or three rounds, no question. now unfortunately is going to miss the entire season next year, so avoid him. And maybe if you want to stash in keep leagues, I wouldn't, unless you know you're rebuilding and you you just feel really good about now in 2023. Okay, fine, I guess. But I, but at the end of the day, I would definitely say um, I wish we saw those. Pitchers really uh, just pitch for a full season because they were doing really good, especially Degrom, like a historical season that uh, that never was because of uh, uh, he just didn't have enough innings pitched. And Glass now I'm not surprised. I think he's pretty fragile. Um, like he hasn't pitched over 110 innings uh, at all in his career, um, and and I'm not including the postseason. Like we only care about regular season here. So I'm just like I I think he's I think he's bound to do it again. I really do. I think he's bound to do it again um and even in in 2023 after all what he's going to go through uh rehab and the procedures like i would avoid him even next uh, even um even two seasons from now so if you remember remember this two years from now don't get tyler glass now um and i know you might say oh my god you know he's so so good yeah he is but he's going to burn you at some point and it's because uh you didn't listen to me so then with the, the now you got the dodgers here you got uh clayton kershaw um Missed some time a little bit in the summer. Should still be healthy for next season. I would I wouldn't draft him that high because I think he's declined now. His strikeouts are going down. Just be weary of him and just be aware he's not the same guy as he once was. And the Dodgers still love him. Don't get me wrong, but do not get him like in uh, like in the first like five rounds or six rounds or something like that. Like that's just a, too high for me um Dustin May basically I heard for the entire season in my opinion like only two or three starts and he was done uh he should be ready to go next season you might have to double check that uh but the guy I I think has great potential and I they're going to ease him into it unfortunately so I'm not even sure it's going to be worth drafting him but then you got uh Corey Seager who missed a good amount of time he had a good season but he just missed like two months um he's going to be a free agent so I don't know where he's going to go so definitely just be aware of that situation and Danny Duffy, Danny Duffy got traded to the Dodgers, never pitched for them, but he was great for the Royals, right? He was like almost like an ace for them. And so if he's healthy in 2022, I think he's really a deep sleeper, a really deep sleeper. Uh, if you go back, see it, uh, his time, his last time with the with the Royals, and I know he struggled a little bit. I think it was because he was dealing with an injury, but his first few started the season, I, I, was, I, I was sold on him. He's a very great pitcher. He was like maybe four and one, five and zero. Maybe either either way, this guy has always had it, and I felt like he put it together at a time where his body was just breaking down. So just be aware of all the names I brought up, possible bounce um, back candidates, or just possible um, people. Uh, just d- don't worry about the injury and they just get him anyway. Just, it just I just wanted to remind you that these guys were going to have good or great seasons, and it got put to a halt. Because of uh, they were injured at one point or the other, so now with all that being said, let's look ahead a little bit towards 2022. Keep an eye at free agency for your read leagues, and especially in the keeper weeks, because like, like I said, you know the situ- If you go to a different league, especially if the NL is going to implement the DH, right? Um, and I don't know how long the CBA talks are going to be, so that's definitely another thing, right? It's baseball even going to get played next season. Uh, and, I, and I think it will, but it, it, it might be a stalemate for a long period of time. so just be aware of that too. Uh, but it, but again, you're gonna have uh, different you're gonna have different circumstances where a team and a pitcher goes into the al if there isn't a dH or even or even if you're dealing with an NL, uh you're dealing with an L pitcher and goes to the AL even before the rule changes they still have not gotten used to the DH rule right so either way a pitcher that uh that goes to the AL or a pitcher that stays in it and the rule changes that's gonna you're gonna have to just take that into account. That a lot of pitchers are one not used to that, and two the the run or their earned runs are going to go up because you're not facing the pitcher. So just be aware of it. Maybe not invest as high as a pitcher as you once used to, uh, and also you know if a player changes teams, you know whether it's a pitcher's park, hitter's park, take all that into account because it, there is some um, there is some time. That they take to adjust, and you have to not be frustrated and be a little bit patient when they are dealing with their struggles in April. So then, also, just remember this is my biggest thing. Uh, remember that next season is not going to be that much different than twenty twenty one. It's just, it's just not like baseball. You might, you might think it, it kind of is because we 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 had such a short twenty twenty, but really, it's good. like when it comes to baseball, just don't forget twenty twenty two. It is, it is its own season, but really it's baseball, right? The talented guys, they may start off cold, they get hot at some point. You're going to have a lot of guys who you've never heard of and guys who weren't drafted that do pretty well. You're going to have that. It always happens every single season. You know, It's just a repetition just with different players. So just just remember, don't get caught off guard Uh, thinking, oh, yeah, this is going to be a great season. It's going to be a different season. no, 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 no. It's baseball. But a lot of things do not change about about baseball, and when they do, it's I mean, sure, a lot of people, uh, you know, either call it stupid or you know, like uh, you're just trying to speed up the game, you know. But I'm really just talking about fantasy, right? And not a lot of those rule changes uh, impact fantasy to a great extent. I know the I know the DH uh, might might affect pitchers in fantasy and affect just pitchers in real life, which then of course still affects us, but and how we evaluate a pitcher. But either way, again, baseball is baseball, right? Don't jump the gun. So I would still draft the best available player, and then and then fix holes later, right? So if you draft too many, I don't know, uh, outfielders or you know second basements or whatever, I would trade uh, trade them away to fix the holes. Draft the best available players, and then throughout the season, you know, look for a great second baseman, look for a great uh, shortstop or catcher. If you didn't draft them, right? Like you're always going to find someone that gets. in the first month and then stays it throughout the entire season like a a, like a known a no-name player or a guy that you never thought of like it just happens every single season like do not think oh my god i had a really bad draft. you could do good in free agency you know you could do well in the trade market you know like you really have to think to yourself that this is baseball it's it's ever changing it's evolving you know you have to go along with it and not always beat yourself up in the spur of the moment My work is done here. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you listened to all uh, 100, uh, almost 100 so minutes of this. And I'm assuming it's around that. I may be wrong. Because I love baseball, man. I love talking about fans. Baseball makes me feel like a GM. And you hear my perspective of things, right? Like I talked about a few players. You may disagree with me about it, but at least you hear my perspective. Maybe I can help you grow your perspective even more. So I'm just just like, um, I'm just like, I just, want, I just want to help you guys win, especially when i won a lot. Like, I've been playing since 2011, right? I have, like, 10 fantasy baseball championships. I want to help those that do not have one. okay? I am not the Yankees and, you know, spit on people, you know, brag on people, uh, you know, like, oh, I have 27. You know, I was only born for one of them. You know, like, I'm not that type of guy, all right? I actually feel bad for bad teams. I honestly do. And I'm like, I, it's mostly because the people are either incompetent or do not care. But either way, I want to help them win. If they actually, if you are someone that wants to win, has not won, and you're willing to put the work in and the time in, and you're, you're maybe even willing to die for it, I am here to help you. If you want to comment on this, you want to reach out to me, please do, because I love this. I live with fancy baseball. I live through fancy baseball at times. And I love trash-talking. Like, I love this sport as if it was my own, right? I really think this is almost like my baby, as some people would say. So I would definitely, definitely, definitely want to, first of all, appreciate everyone, the uh, those that have listened to me, uh, you know, love talking about this, want to talk about this more. But then also, again, like, my main point is not to just hear me talk, right? My main point is to... Help you win a league. Uh, help you prepare for this offseason. because it's going to be a hectic off season. It really is, and I'm just trying to make things as simple as possible for you. So again, I can keep talking all I want about uh, about all the greatness I could do for you, or uh, the just the unpredictableness of baseball, and uh, just how to analyze. You know what to go through this or that. But my day is done. Hopefully, you enjoyed it. Listen for more. Content when it comes to fantasy, whether that's football, whether that's basketball, whether that's I, I'm, I'm not planning to do that much hockey. But if, if, if I have enough commentary on it, then I would definitely try to. And if you want me to sound like an idiot, then I guess that that's definitely something you should listen to because I'm not great with hockey. Um, but again, with, with baseball, again, just there's so many. So many different layers to it, so many different paths and avenues you, you could take to uh, to get to the same result, which of course is you trying to win. So I, I just this is just a perspective for you, and I know the time is a little bit off here, but at the same time, fantasy baseball never sleeps. I always believe that, and so here I am, tr- like talking in, in my basement, trying to get you to to get motivated, feel hyped for this pe- season. It's going to be a great season. You're going to do it. You're going to win a championship before you die. I know it. And I care about that. I, I if you want me to celebrate with you, I can do that too. We could party, or uh, we could just uh, chill out, talk, watch the World Series. You know, do whatever, right? Uh, but either way, uh, I'm I'm out. Thank you again for listening. L- hear the other episodes. If you want to question anything, please do. I'm willing to listen. I have three ears, not two. Either way, love baseball. Love talking about it. Hopefully, you love listening to it. Because there's a whole lot more out there, and, 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 and most of it's gotta be my voice, right? There. Who doesn't love this voice, especially deep like this? Either way, I'm done. Thank you again and so on. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at high Voltage with AA.